Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. Over the next 15 or so minutes, we're going to be chatting it up with a member of the media from FSU's next opponent. My name is Tim Allenball, and after a cardiac crushing loss to the NC State Wolfpack, the Seminoles continue their ACC gauntlet, this time back home against the Clemson Tigers. And to help our listeners get to know Clemson better, we have Will Harper from our sister SB Nation site, Shaking the Southland. Will, how you doing, buddy? Wonderful. I'm happy to be here, Tim. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for jumping on. Uh, here at the end, I'll give you some time to kind of tell everybody where they can find out more about you. But uh, Shaking the Southland is one of my favorite to catch up on. There's definitely some characters over there. <laughs> we have our fair share, I won't lie. <laughs> I think we all do, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, Will, before the season, I had several discussions with other uh, Tomahawk Nation writers about the stacked Atlantic Division quarterbacks. And yep. uh, one of the quarterbacks, in my opinion, that kind of had like the most division, uh, and, and I'm going to do my best here, is Clemson's DJ. Let's do it together. Oh, Ready? Uwe. Yeah, yeah. Uwe. Unga. Unga. Lale. Lale. You know, I watched Dabo <laughs> practice it and everything, and uh, and I had dinner and I forgot it. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, most of us I think just stick to DJU. It's it's a lot simpler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ui, Ui Ungalale. There you go. There I you got go. it. Yeah. Uh, in the off season, there was even chatter, you know, that maybe true freshman uh, Cade Klubnik or Klubnik supplanting him, but uh, DJU yep. has stepped up this year and really solidified himself uh, and helped lead Clemson to to the wins. Um, where do you think DJ has grown the most this year? And where do you feel like he still needs to improve? Yeah, I, I'd say most of us felt the same way in the offseason. You know, there's a lot of talk about, um, I don't know, previous situations. You had you look at Cole Stout and Deshaun Watson in 2014 and how the, the talented freshman kind of supplanted the senior. And same thing with Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence in 2018. They 
you know, just outplayed their uh, upperclassmen on the field. And I think some of us maybe expected that would be happening this year, or if that DJ wouldn't, you know, perform better than he did last year, that would definitely be happening. Um, but we're all super happy with what's been going on so far. I think, um, you know, DJ's improvement, you can look to a lot of different areas. He's definitely, you've heard the media probably talk about, he lost weight, he lost about 30 pounds. He's thinned down. He's moving a lot better. Uh, you know, he's reading defenses better. He's progressing well. His footwork has improved, but I think, uh, in my opinion, one of the biggest things that's contributed to how we've seen DJ improve this year has been the offensive line. Honestly, he just has way more time. Uh, Last year, you know, he had a, there was a plethora of issues, uh, the receivers, the line, you know, DJ's own skill set at times. But this year, we've seen the offensive line giving him so much more time to throw. We really saw it in the weight game. I think there was the, the first touchdown drive I think we had there. Um, you know, he stepped back and there was felt like 10 seconds for him just to, you know, work through his reads, take his time and not force it. And that's been huge for him. I think having the patience and the time to have patience even, um, has really given him a step up in his play. And we've been seeing that with his numbers so far. And and we're going to get to the offensive line here in a minute. There's some, some familiar names for Florida state uh, out there, but, um, I I think that's, (laughs) that's really a key to any quarterback's growth. I mean, when, when, when Jordan Travis for Florida state has been on this year, uh, it really feels like it's when his, his offensive line is solid. Like you're saying for sure. Um, from an outsider perspective, talking about me here, uh, when I watch Clemson and I think also back to Florida state's game last year against Clemson, I really think Will Shipley is Clemson's biggest offensive threat, uh, both rushing and receiving. Would you mind just taking a few minutes and help the listeners get to know Shipley a little bit better and where he excels. But also, it's so easy to focus on him. What other skill players uh, should fans be worried about when it comes to Clemson this Saturday? Yeah, yeah, I think you hit it on the head with uh, with Shipley there. He has been such a versatile weapon for us. You know, we've um, really leaned on him in certain games when the run game has been able to kind of take over. Um, I think a lot of us expected this year the run game to be almost the the primary force of attack for Clemson, given what we saw last year in the passing game. Thankfully, it's not really been the case in whole. We've seen a lot more, of course, of a vertical attack with DJ and uh, Shipley has been able to supplant that and just really make it a two-headed monster there for opposing defenses. He's he's such a strong runner. Uh, you know, he makes great cuts. He's got pretty good vision, but uh, he really fights for every yard, which is you know kind of cliche, but. You saw that again in that weight game, uh, his touchdown run, he got hit and stopped. I think it was two or three yards before the, the goal line and just kind of, you know, powered his way to the finish there and got in. And, and we've seen him, you know, just kind of play that way on every down. It feels like every single play, he's going to be so angry if he doesn't make it to the end zone, you know, and uh, it's great to see that kind of fight out of a player. Um, the coaches talk about what a leader he's been, even though he's only a sophomore, just the way he practices um, the way he plays. It's so consistent. Um, he's averaging, I think it's about six yards per carry right now through the first half of the season. And he's been great in the red zone. Honestly, I think for him, he just needs a little bit more room to run. Like you said, we'll, we'll talk about the offensive line in, in a little bit, I suppose. But uh, he um, he's such a weapon when he has the space. And uh, some of us Clemson fans have been frustrated that he, he hasn't had more room to show out. So we're hoping that, uh, you know, this Saturday he gets to have even more success there. But of course, we'll we'll have to wait and see. And then I guess for uh, other skill players, yeah. You know, Antonio Williams has been such a big name for us right now. I don't think Clemson, any Clemson fan will honestly look in the mirror and say that we've been worthy of that, you know, 
wide receiver U kind of moniker for a while now. It's, it's been a bit since we've had really a dominant alpha receiver like T Higgins perhaps was kind of the last big one to come through. But, uh, you know, Antonio Williams has been a superstar so far. He leads the uh, team in receptions and is, I think, second in receiving yards right now. And he's only a freshman. A lot of the coaches sort of predicted that he might be a big force this year. Uh, he was only a summer enrollee. He didn't even come in early. And uh, he's been fantastic. He's got great hands. He's been working out of the slot for us. So definitely watch out for Antonio Williams, number zero there on the field uh, come Saturday. And then I think also we've seen a great resurgence this year of our tight ends. Davis Allen and Jake Bringstill have been fantastic. Probably our best tight end threat since, I don't know, Jordan Leggett back in 2016. Um, all Clemson fans will tell you we're, we're thrilled to see us throwing over the middle now to our tight ends again. It seems like we've been clamoring for years for our offensive coordinators to, to target that side of the field, and, and those two have been a big part of that. I don't, I don't mean this as an insult, and if, if, even if it comes off that way, but for me... Uh, Shipley is kind of like a, like a poor man's Christian McCaffrey <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. And, it, it's an easy uh, comparison there. I see it. Yeah. I mean, just cause he's such a threat to catch it out of the backfield, even though it sounds like Clemson's maybe not using him as much in that area this year. Uh, but I just feel like last year against Florida state, whenever they needed a big play, it was, it was always Shipley. Um, last offensive question. Uh, and let's just kind of spend a second talking about the big guys up front. Um, yep. The center, Will Putnam, uh, Florida State fans know, know him very well. Florida State pretty much kind of came in second or the assumed second place for him a few years back, and he's down from, uh, from Florida. Um, to me, I think really the difference in this game is the trenches. Uh, how are the big, ugly guys up front for the Tigers on offense this year? Yeah, you know, it, it's been a mixed bag. Um, it, it certainly has been better in certain areas. I'd say inconsistency has been uh, an issue to this point. Last year, uh, I think there was something like seven or eight different starting lineups of uh, on the offensive line. This year, it's been great. We've had the same five guys going all year, which has been has been awesome to see. But the play on field has yet to sort of really show the benefit of that consistency. Um, I think we'd say the pass protection has generally been uh, a step up from last year. And I, I mentioned that earlier in giving DJ more time to throw. We've had cleaner pockets. He's been sacked much less this year you know, less pressure on him, but, uh, the run blocking has definitely been just not quite what we've, uh, hoped it would be at this point. And, you know, Shipley has, has done a lot to kind of, uh, mask some of those issues, I think, but mm. nine times out of 10, it's nine times out of 10, rather, it feels like, uh, when he's running, you know, he, he's getting hit at the line of scrimmage behind the line of scrimmage, and then he'll bust one, you know, and then he'll get out right. and he'll kind of make up for that. But, there's just not been great consistency running the ball and imposing their will on other defensive lines, even in smaller units. You know, you could say with Georgia Tech or with Furman, teams that we would expect to really be able to run and kind of just assert ourselves there. It hasn't really come together quite yet. You know, there's a couple of reasons. We've got uh, freshman Blake Miller starting at right tackle. He's been starting all season, um, has definitely been playing well for his age and for where he is, but, uh, you know, has had some issues too. I think, um, the consistency has been again, improved from last year. It's great that we have the same five starting and playing and accruing all those snaps together. And, um, the, the offensive line, you know, it, it's, I wouldn't call it a strength. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd call it a weakness, um, either, but it's, it's just kind of there. And so I think all of us are hoping for a bit more strong play. Um, and of course come, you know, 
Saturday, they're going to need to have that. Uh, I think Florida State definitely has the capability to take advantage of some of those issues. And um, I can touch on that later, but I think that's one of my biggest areas of concern for sure um, moving into this game. That, that's, that's interesting because <laughs> I don't know what Florida State's defensive line is going to look like yet on, on Saturday. <laughs> uh, we still don't know if Fabian Lovett's going to play. Um, yep. A lot of people thought maybe this is the game he comes back. Uh, Robert Cooper went down last game, but I think he's already been practicing. I don't know. Jared Verse has been in and out of the lineup. Yep. So, I mean, maybe this will be like the game that makes Clemson feel really good about themselves, or maybe maybe the Florida State line shows up and, and makes it interesting. Um, all right. This next subject, I, I really <laughs> – I've been keeping up kind of with Clemson's defensive line the last few weeks because it's been kind of some interesting news. Heading into Florida State, and like it's the worst possible scenario for Florida State fans, but the best for Clemson because this is an elite unit, and it looks like for the first time this season they're going to be at full strength, just in time for Florida State, of course. Yeah. Um, will the Tigers will they be rolling out the full arsenal against FSU? Man. Tyler Davis, Xavier Thomas, all of those guys. We are we are crossing our fingers and hoping that that is the case. It's it's been kind of like a. Uh, like a whack-a-mole game almost you just who's popping up where and and who's going back on injury and it's it's been again inconsistency injuries have been have been not our best this year um we heard a lot of talk i think coming into this year um from clemson media and even just kind of more national outlets about how you know this could be all the, the greatest group of defensive linemen for clemson since you know 2014 2018 those kind of legendary units that had so many guys drafted and i think that was definitely what a lot of us kind of bought into and we just haven't quite seen that potential tapped into yet, but they're definitely getting there. Um, you know, we know these guys are talented. You've got Tyler Davis. He's been such a leader on the line, you know, blowing up those screenplays. It, it's such a difference when he's in the game. Um, Brian Brzee, of course, has been such a phenomenal guy. You've got Trey Williams. You've got Xavier Thomas, KJ Henry, Miles Murphy, you know, all these names quite familiar for a lot of ACC opponents, but again, it hasn't quite materialized whether due to injury or, or just some inconsistent play. Um, we're almost there yeah, at full strength. You know, we, uh, we welcomed Xavier Thomas back this last week against Boston college. It was great to see him play. He only got, I think it was six snaps and he still got the ACC, uh, defensive lineman of the honors for the week, which, uh, it was great to see. He had two sacks there and he's kind of still coming back from a foot injury. So they're limiting him and, you know, Brzee's been out for a couple of weeks with some kidney issues. And before that, of course, the, you know, whole story with his sister, Ella Strong, uh, or rather his sister, Ella, and the whole, the whole movement with Ella Strong. And uh, so it's, it's been inconsistent there with, with who we have on the line. I think when they're there, they have the potential to be the best in the ACC. Um, and we're really hoping that it, they come out firing full strength against uh, the Seminoles on Saturday, because we're going to need it for sure. Um, they have been a strength of this defense, no doubt, for sure. Hey, uh, Boston College can make you look good. I tell you that. Six snaps, <laughs> ACC player, defensive lineman of the week. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> um, I think so far this season, Wake Forest really had the best offense success against Clemson, pushing them into, I think, double overtime it was. Um, it seemed like they were really able to take advantage of the Clemson secondary, you know, sometimes through pass interference, sometimes through just uh, Sam Hartman playing out of his mind. Um is the secondary the the weak link for the Tigers? You know, it, it, it's it's definitely something I think we've all uh, been <laughs> worried about the last few weeks. 
Uh, it was an area of concern heading into the year. Even, you know, we lost, uh, the first team, all ACC corners, Mario Goodrich, Andrew Booth, both those guys played so well last year. Um, so coming in, we knew it was going to be probably one of the weaker areas of this team. We were expecting the defensive line, the linebackers to really be solid and they have for the most part. And, um, you know, the secondary has, has not been quite, uh, perhaps what we've been used to with Clemson. Uh, the injuries have certainly not helped. Uh, you know, we had, Malcolm Green and Sheridan Jones missing the last three games. Andrew McCuba missed two games and then was out for a targeting penalty early against NC State. And, you know, it, it's been a lot of youth back there. We've had Toriano Pride. Uh, I think he has the second most snaps right now at corner for Clemson. He just started his first game against Boston College. Nate Wiggins, the sophomore, has been leading the corners in reps. And uh, obviously there was, you know, lots of attention given to how much they sort of got used and abused against Wake Forest, like you mentioned with Sam Hartman. They've really responded pretty well after that poor showing against Wake Forest. Uh, you know, credit to, to Wake. They have some fantastic receivers, and Sam Hartman's a great quarterback. Um, but it was definitely a letdown performance by these guys, and um, they've bounced back for the most part. I think against NC State, they played quite well. And uh, even just now recently against Phil, you know, Dracovic and Zay Flowers. Flowers, you know, one of the best, probably the best receiver in the entire conference. Um, and he got some catches there, but we mostly limited them there. So they've definitely responded well, I think, to that initial uh, explosion meltdown against Wake Forest. Part of that is on the coaches, too. I think we've seen them adjust how they're playing them right now. We've given them a lot bigger cushions, some more zone coverages. Uh, he's been giving them more help with the safeties over the top. So, you know, it, not as much pressure now one-on-one. I'm sure you remember Brent Venables used to always run, you know, kind of his corners on an island and really required you to have a lockdown guy, AJ Terrell, Trayvon Mullen, you know, those kind of dudes who could just eliminate a threat for that to work. I don't know if we have that kind of personnel right now to implement that. And, you know, Wes Goodwin hasn't been exactly running that this year. So adjusting to what we have and the personnel we have has been important. And I think we're finally seeing that some of us were really frustrated with kind of the way the weight game went, the longer it went on and the more it felt like, okay, we gotta, we gotta change something here. So it's been good to see uh, a different approach the last couple of weeks. All that being said, I'd say it's definitely still the weak link in this defense. If there's an area to attack, especially when compared with the rest of the defense, you know, these corners are young. They're largely inexperienced without Sheridan Jones, without Malcolm green. Uh, they've had their moments, but they're definitely still, you know, susceptible to getting burnt. So uh, definitely an area of concern for us. Yeah. You kind of mentioned some stuff that the, uh, that the weight guy cam brought up to me when we talked about how, uh, Clemson really just seemed late to adjust and to wake's attack yep. in that game. Yeah. Uh, and then when they finally did, it seems like it finally kind of clicked. Yeah. Uh, and, and they finally got the job done. So, uh, I'll be curious if Norvell can scheme something up there, but, uh, for sure. The second half, the second half of the NCC, NC state game doesn't give me that much confidence, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, let, let's end it here. Uh, finally, uh, you know, Clemson's comes into Doak uh, on Saturday night undefeated. It's the uh, prime time game. Uh, we're getting the the, the good announcing crew. Yeah. Uh, most think this is Clemson's to lose, myself included. You know, Clemson's the favorite uh, with Florida State injuries. I think this should be a game that Clemson can win. Do you feel the same way? And, and if Florida State really has any shot, uh, what's the one area of Clemson's team that you think that can be exploited? You know, Tim, I'm I'm forever the pessimist. I I always <laughs> approach Clemson's games with just a doubting heart, no matter <laughs> how good the last you know decade has been to us. I, I find myself always just getting nervous between these games. And 
in my season prediction, I, I wrote back and I think it was early September. Um, I called for a, a walk-off field goal victory against Florida state. So I, I I'm confident it's going to be close no matter what, whether or not it's uh, you know, going Clemson's way or Florida state's, I think it's going to be a tight game for sure. I, I think Clemson matches up well in several areas. I think our defensive line and linebackers have the potential to really, you know, limit Florida state offensively in some areas. But of course we just mentioned the secondary, you know, you've got bodies back there that can, really abuse them. And, and I'm, I'm definitely concerned in there, but uh, you know, Johnny Wilson, you know, he's such a giant <laughs> That guy is huge. Right. He could take over against some of the younger corners, but um, you know, then there's reasons for optimism. DJ's shown some dramatic improvement to this point. He's playing well. He's playing confident. I, I would say right now I'm feeling a close Clemson victory, but again, I, I'm not, I'm not out here calling a, calling a 14 point win or anything like that. I think it's going to go down to the wire. Um, kind of makes me think of, I mentioned Jordan leg. It kind of makes me think of that 2016 game. It was so back and forth and had so many great moments and kind of was right down to the wire. And so I could see it going very similarly. I think if Florida state's going to win, the key has to be disrupting DJ. Um, I mentioned he's had a lot more time to kind of survey the field, make his reads progress. Um, I think if Florida state can get to him, you know, we'll see what their, their line looks like come Saturday. You mentioned, you know, some of those bodies coming in and out and, I think Jared verse is one of the better pass rushers in the nation when he's healthy and he could probably find some success against Blake Miller, our right tackle. And if he can get by and, you know, rattle DJ early, that would probably throw us off. And I think the offensive line could have a hard time protecting DJ long enough to keep them in front of the Seminoles. Um, the run game has to be there. If those pieces can come together, I think Clemson's got it, but, uh, you know, again, I I'm less, uh, I'm less of a, I like to think I'm less of a Homer than some of my, my colleagues, uh, over at shaking the Southland. So I don't know. I, I'm feeling nervous here. I, I, I want to give, I have to go with the Tigers in a close one, but by no means am I, uh, you know, watching with a hundred percent confidence. So we'll just have to see. A uh, pessimistic prediction. You are a man after my own heart. Uh, I am, <laughs> I am, uh, I think if I could, I'd probably pick Florida state to lose every game and just be pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Exactly. Uh, then we'd be so much out. happier. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> then I wouldn't, then I wouldn't be up at midnight on, on Saturday going, man, where can I go for a walk to get right. rid of all of this anxiety? The stress. stress. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before you get out of here, uh, let's do uh, what I like to do, the choose your own adventure type question. I'm going to give you three categories. All right. Uh, you tell me what you want, which category you want, and we'll go from there. So uh, category one is professional wrestling. Uh, category two, TV streaming. And category three, famous tigers. Oh, man. Let's go. Let's go. Number three, famous tigers. All right. Famous tigers out of these tigers, which one do you feel is the best? Uh, obviously Tony, the tiger, uh -huh, uh -huh. uh, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh <laughs> or the Bayside tigers led by Zach Morris. Ooh, you know, my heart says Tigger. I don't know if I can go against my man Tigger. He's got the, you know, the bouncy tail. His voice is iconic. I can't attempt to replicate it, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I got to go with Tigger. He's just the quintessential tiger, is he not? Cartoons, you know? Do you uh, do you think that uh, Dabo closely, out of all the tigers, that's who he closely resembles, you think? <laughs> it's got to be Tigger. You know, <laughs> if, if I could swap, I think I'd take Tigger for our mascot. <laughs> people, <laughs> people like to clown the 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 yellow eyed cat for uh, Clemson. I think for good reason. I th I think Tigger make a, a a great mascot. Honestly, I could see him running down that hill. You know, <laughs> he might break the rock, but uh, you know, I could see him running down. He probably hill. would. 
Well, Will, uh, first off, thanks for teaching me how to say uh, DJ Uyunglele. There you go. Uh, and then second off, tell everybody where they can learn more about you and the site. Yeah, uh, I write all the time over on Shaking the Southland. Um, has been been doing that for a couple of years now. You can follow me on Instagram if you want. Um, but uh, definitely just uh, check us out over there if you have any interest. We'll be putting up, of course, our own preview article. I think Ryan might be heading that one up this week. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what comes Saturday. Well, Will, we greatly appreciate it, man. Uh, hope everybody stays healthy. Hope Clemson's defensive line is super healthy next week and that uh, Florida State, you know, makes it a fun game on Saturday. Absolutely. Wishing for a, for a good game. Well, for Will Harper, my name's Tim Allen Ball and Tomahawk Nation. This has been the Line of Scrimmage podcast. Uh, until next time, we will catch you next week.